0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen and I am your only host <laughs> here today and I hope you guys are doing well out there again uh, still just trying to keep up a little bit of the topics here on the not Tuesday show if you guys are uh, watching or listening to this and you know still like having this I mean well not still but actually just enjoy having this format of me literally talking about just random topics throughout the FGC let me know And then also, um, you know, if it is something that you want me to talk more about the news, for example, I can try to add more stuff about the news. For example, Multiverses is out with a free beta. A lot of people playing that. Some new characters being added to the game. Rick and Morty were announced and LeBron James was announced. Way to make sure I never play the game. Um, But, you know... uh, (coughs) uh, What? 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 I... (laughs) What? No, what? I'm editing that part out. I'm editing that part out. Um, and then, uh, obviously Evo coming up around the corner as well. And, uh, gonna be a lot of really, really fun times, uh, at Evo. So, obviously not this weekend, but the weekend afterwards is going to be Evo. Uh... Also, uh, you know, dude, if there's cat sitters out there that can help me, I'm looking for a cat sitter to take care of my cats while I'm at Evo. Uh, but a lot of fun things should be happening uh, at Evo. A lot of cool announcements, I'm sure. A lot of really, really new things Uh, that are going to be coming up. I can't wait to see it, because Evo... I mean, this is the first Evo in two years, so there's going to be, I'm sure, a lot of companies are like, we've got to make sure that we make a big splash with announcement. Street Fighter VI, obviously, we barely know anything about the game. I mean, we've been able to play it at different venues, like Comic-Con has been coming up, and so obviously, we have situations like... um, you know, new characters, we've got all, dude, we have so many characters in Street Fighter 6 that have not been announced, and this game is supposed to come out next year, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, they, like I said, they've officially given us the okay to say that this is the last year of Street Fighter 5 for the CPT, which obviously indicates that they have every intention to have Street Fighter 6 ready for next year's cpt they've also said on twitter and social media that there's like three different modes there's like a world tour mode the regular rank button they said like all three of them are like full games within themselves which is absolutely insane which means everything it just sounds like they're doing everything right for street fighter 6 so i'm really excited for that game i can't wait and, uh, yeah, right, Digital Archive? It feels like the whole FTC is in a holding pattern right now. Just waiting for the bell. Waiting for more on SF6, more on Tekken. Obviously, a lot of people are speculating Tekken 8 will probably be announced. Well, I don't know if it will probably be announced, but a lot of people are thinking it's about time. And, yeah, Mortal Kombat 12, Project L potentially, exactly. There's so much that it feels like the dam is about to burst forth and with Evo coming up. I mean, San Diego Comic-Con, ladies and gentlemen. San Diego Comic-Con just came and went and we got nary any FGC news. We got like nothing. There was like, here's some classic costumes for Chun-Li, Ryu, and Guile. That's all we got. Like, it just feels like they're holding all this information... (laughs) for Evo and I am dude it's, it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy and yeah uh for sure SF numbers do seem quite down it's that new thing is coming I can't be excited about the old any old thing anymore syndrome for sure so Really excited to see what's going to happen over there. Dude, like, for a long time, we were in this position where there was always a new fighting game coming out. Always a new fighting game and coming out. Thank you, Digital Arkham, for the subscription. Appreciate it very much. But there was always a new fighting game coming out. And suddenly, there are, like, no real fighting game information. Like, what's coming out? At this point, I feel like everything that's coming out has come out or is in beta, right? If we want to count multiverses, obviously, platform fighter, if we want to count uh, Rumbleverse, this is obviously a uh, a, a battle royale fighting game. Uh, is there anything else that we know that's on the horizon besides Street Fighter 6? Like, is there anything else that's on the horizon? It's pretty crazy so uh i'm really curious to see what's coming up yeah uh dude bandai namco hasn't said anything in forever nrs hasn't said anything in forever okay oh f15's probably i mean there's the the orochi cys is going to be there they'll probably announce the fourth dlc team at evo i hope they do that crazy thing where they're like they're all playable right now on monday you know kind of thing Dude, it's going to be wild. I mean, honestly, I feel like there's so much information that we don't know that's coming out. And again, a lot of people are always like, James, you're on the inside. You should know everything. Dude, I don't know shit, okay? I don't know anything. (laughs) I wish I knew all the information and could just be like, (laughs) but honestly, I don't know anything. Dude, if they announce like, Oh, Guilty Gear Strive season, right? We they'll probably announce some of the characters that are coming up in season two of Guilty Gear Strive. God, if they announce a Soul Caliber seven, like I may just start screaming, right? My long term ploy of making all that Soul Caliber esports money will have paid off. My long con will have paid off, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> that's the only reason why I'm playing Soul Caliber, right, right, right. <laughs> Oh man. But um Yeah, there's a lot of things happening, and obviously Evo coming up soon. Uh I will be there. Uh I will I be commentating anything? I don't know. I have no idea, or maybe I do, and I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> Perhaps, maybe. Uh but yeah, I will be at Evo for sure though, because I couldn't miss another Evo. Oh, Season 2 Johnny. Oh, man. Oh, man. (laughs) I would love a Season 2 Johnny who's, like, not broken, but, like, is good. Just get rid of the mist mechanic completely. Start him over kind of from scratch. Make sure, I mean, just keep the coin and the mist finder stuff. Oh, I'd be so happy, dude. I'd be so happy. Yeah, right? If MK12 and Tekken 8 get announced at Evo, it would be absolutely wild. But again, that's going to be called coming up, not this weekend, next weekend after that. And again, this is just, there's so much potential news there that I will probably turn the Not Tuesday show into a news show just for one week, just so I can talk about all the crazy announcements yeah, I know, would he say mist finder without the mist? It's a really good question, I don't know. You know what they would just do? They would probably make it so that if the mist is on them and you hit him with the mist finder, it just goes into the guard break animation and that's it. I think that would work, actually. I think that would be okay. But outside of that, no unblockables, nothing crazy. Make the mist really fast, make it actually like scary and stuff like that, but, Unblockable was too much. Like I I picked Johnny because when I first saw the mist mechanic, I thought it would be something you would throw the mist out and it would attach to the opponent and they would have to avoid the mist finder. Like, guess which way you're going? And it would be this really crazy neutral tool, not like the crazy (laughs) loops and resets and death scenario that the mist finder always ended up being in the end. You know, it was always sad that I felt like that mechanic never quite played out the way that they probably intended it to play out. Hang on a second, just making sure I have all this stuff over here. Alright, so yeah, like testament crow curse, but maybe not even as strong or or something. But or maybe do something that's a combination of the coin and the mist. I don't know. We we'll see. We'll see. But um <sighs> Let's go ahead and talk about some of these uh, current topics that I've been seeing in Twitter social media. This is basically like the 5-5 matchup, except, (laughs) you know what, instead of the 5-5 matchup, I should call it the training mode montage. That's what I should call this, because there's no more 1v1 kind of thing anymore. This is, uh, oh, I'm trying to stay hydrated as much as I can. But yeah, I should just call this the training mode montage segment because there's no more 5v5 stuff. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about uh, this first topic over here. And you know what? I probably should have brought out the tweet uh, beforehand here. Uh, just kind of uh, addressing something that came up recently. And it's a really interesting conversation Uh, Point because uh, I think that this is something that's worth discussing. I think that this is something that's worth talking about here. Uh, Let me see if I can bust this out for you guys over here. Uh, Do I have this over here ready to go? Yeah, okay. Uh, Look at me and my production skills. Solstice, uh, an excellent Ramlethal player uh, who is part of the series e-sponsored partnered players, partnered with Excedrin here uh he basically tweeted recently i'm so tired of all the hateful hateful remarks i get for doing no more than picking a character in this game i have lost all desire to partake in this community and any passion i've had for competition is gone and uh he had a response somewhere uh i forgot he had a reply to someone somewhere where he basically just talked about how you know he's not allowed to complain about the game anymore Like, he's literally not allowed to uh, have, like, because anytime he tries to complain about the game, everybody just says, You have nothing worth complaining about. You play Ramlethal. She has everything, she's top tier, she's super good. So, you can't complain about anything. And it's an interesting conversation here, right? I mean, because, like, is this fair? (laughs) Is this fair? Like, a long time ago, when we used to play fighting games a long time ago, I can understand top-tier shaming because it's like you're playing for a quarter, (laughs) right? Like, you're literally playing for a quarter on a machine. And so, like, when people were going super try-hard mode at the arcade, playing top-tier and just making sure everybody is not having any fun... Like, I can see people being like, man, you're such a jerk. Why are you playing top tier, da-da-da-da-da? And there was definitely more of a little trolling-ish factor out there. But the truth be told is that times have changed a lot, right? So the idea that you wouldn't pick top tier... Is weird right there's a lot of money on the line now obviously there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't pick top tier right I mean some of them are more justifiable than others morals is one you know trying to be different is another but you know maybe the character just doesn't appeal to you maybe the character just doesn't gel with you that's absolutely a possibility maybe there's another character that you just like that much and your character loyalty drives you to pick that character But we're in an environment these days, and Gundam Jehudi Kai, I will address that in a second. I will address your point in a second. But we are in an environment now, if you think about it, where a lot of money is on the line here. So why wouldn't you pick top tier? And again, some of our favorite players out there have done so almost their entire life, right? Uh, This conversation, Macabre Monster, came from... uh, Solstice playing Ramlethal. Ramlethal. My response to them was just take it on the chin. You know, it sucks because you're not allowed to complain about the character, right? I mean, the game. You can't be like, man, this sucks. And everybody's like, you play Ramlethal. What does it matter to you? What do you care about, right? And it sucks because when you play a fighting game, most people who play a fighting game who complain about a fighting game don't do it because they hate the game. They do it because they want it to be better, right? They want it to be better. So if a player like Solstice is like, God, I really wish Strive would change so that this... Like, it's not just like he's like, I want to win. It's more just that he's like, I want the game to be more fun. Heck, by changing this, it might even make the game more fair in favor in, in against my character, Right? And so, you know, it sucks when you aren't able to get these kind of things off your chest. Again, if I sit here and say, like, fucking ST is broken as hell, or if I'm like, God, Strive needs to really fix their damage, or we need another defensive mechanic, like... I love Strive, right? And that's the thing is, I can talk about the negative aspect of all my favorite fighting games. <laughs> and exactly, uh, 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 ooh, Eclodam, Eclodam? Eclodam? Says this also happens in other genres too, coming from Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. Yeah, exactly. People complain about the game that they play because they want it to be better. It's not because that they're mad that they're not winning. It's that a lot of times they want it to be better. And I'm sure this is the standpoint where Solstice is coming from. And a lot of people telling him that he's not allowed to complain because he plays Ramlethal sucks. So my response to him literally was, uh, let me see if I can find my reply to him. I said, don't let it get to you reframe it laugh all the way to victory while using top tier uh but at the same time know that ram is top tier just qualify it i know i'm a RAN player but i hate how in strive or it'd be really nice if every for if every character in strive if strive wasn't you know kind of thing like that and you know people have been saying like oh that you shouldn't say that because you're just kind of uh you know feeding into this top tier shaming mentality right the thing about it is obviously this thing has been really bothering solstice and again i'm not trying to call solstice out i'm sorry for using him as the jumping off point if you ever see this and watch this trust me i have you have all my full sympathies on this and uh you know that, that's the thing is like yeah you're feeding into it but You need to have that outlet to be able to get out your complaints about the game, right? You need to have the ability to just kind of talk about this. Just to kind of be like, you know what? I really wish this game, and obviously not having that or having anything you say get reacted to with, but you use Ramlethal, what do you care, Uh, is, is kind of annoying and kind of hard to deal with. And again... If you're old-school mentality, I totally get it. I totally get it if you're an old-school player being like, but yes, you use top tier. That means you have nothing to complain about. Again, as an old-school player, I totally get that mentality. But things are very, very different these days. Like I said, the environment is different. You're trying to win. Solstice is playing in this Series E event put on by Esports Arena. Again, you know... Uh, Full disclosure, I help commentate for the event, not trying to promote the event here, I'm just saying that the best performing players keep their sponsor. He's sponsored by Excedrin right now. Excedrin is literally fitting the bill for him to fly to events and to play at events, and he's getting a monthly stipend for being sponsored and represented playing under its Excedrin. If you are a player that's like that, especially if you're young, why wouldn't you play top tier, right? Why why, why, why shouldn't you be playing top tier? Um, and so I want to get back to Gundam Jehudi Kai's comment. She um, says, I mean, the argument has merit. If you play a character who can do everything, is there any reason for you to complain about anything? Uh, Accenture is a headache medicine. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) It's a headache medicine. (laughs) Um. (laughs) uh. Anyways, um. It's a pain reliever. Uh, again, let me repeat what Gundam Jehudi Kai said. I mean, the argument has merit. If you will play a character who can do everything, is there any for reason for you to complain about anything? And you're absolutely right, right? I mean, and like I said, if that's the mindset. If you are playing a character like Luke and you do everything, and again, I don't, I didn't like the whole chanting to Chris CCH of you play Luke. You know, it's funny, But it also feeds into that mindset, right? I mean, some of our favorite players of all time, people love Tokido. People love Mago. You know, there are these players that just jump to the top tier no matter what game that they're playing. Like, they just can't be bothered with low tier. Like, they they understand the concept too. But, like, we're sitting here being like, you can't complain because Ram will fall. And then meanwhile, it's like, God, I love Tokido, you know, <laughs> it's it's crazy. Look, Swiftmaster Gundam Juhudi Kai. Okay, maybe. <laughs> Look, okay, maybe not even Swiftmaster because Swiftmaster, well, obviously, super, 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 super good. I just, I, I don't want to promote the concept of top tier shaming, unless it's Claw from Super Turbo. <laughs> if that's the case, shame away. <laughs> Shame away, because top-tier claw players in Super Turbo, they have no soul. They have no soul. They have no morals. They don't care about anything. They deserve all the shame that is foisted upon them. Shame away. Shame away. Anyways, um... No, I mean Swiftmaster's pretty crazy. Don't get me wrong, even I'm like when I'm playing against Swiftmaster, I'm like, really this character has everything. <laughs> Ooh, X-Men versus Street Fighter Sabretooth players. See, the thing about X-Men versus Street Fighter Sabretooth is that Sabretooth is the best character in the game from the beginner levels all the way through high levels. Once you get to top tier, he's actually not the best character in the game. But Sabretooth Will carry you so freaking far in X Men versus Street Fighter. But then once you get to the highest levels, he's not as effective. But the fact that Sabretooth players will play Sabretooth and think they're good? Nah, nah, fam. No. Fuck Sabretooth. All right? Fuck Sabretooth. Uh, again, this is in a game that is super broken. X-Men versus Street Fighter, super broken as hell. Uh, but again, you know, going back to what Gen- Gundam Jehudi Kai was saying is like, it kind of has merit. They're not allowed to complain. Yeah, it's kind of true, right? If their character can do everything. They don't really have a right to complain. The thing about it is, and the thing about fighting games, really, honestly, is, and this is what makes fighting games so great. This is one of the things that makes fighting games better than every like that 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 is I don't want to say better than every other competitive gaming genre because that's me being hyper hyperbolic and I need to stop doing that is one of the things that makes fighting games so pure. The thing that makes fighting games so pure is that you can pick the damn character too. <laughs> and when you pick the character, you're not at a lower level. <laughs> You don't have less experience points. You're not missing any moves. You're playing literally the same character that everybody else. Pick a top tier. Pick a top tier. Sanford Kelly is right all along. Pick a top tier. And so if you think about it, What if we flip the question around? What if we flip the statement around? What if we just took it and put it on its head and asked this question, if you aren't playing top tier, what do you have to complain about? You are literally nerfing yourself knowingly, and yet you're complaining about not winning in the game. Why? If you're complaining about not winning in Street Fighter V, why not play Luke? If you're complaining about not winning in Street uh, in in to Gear Strive, why not play Ramathal? Why not play Leo? Why not play Nagorayuki? Look what Tempest did. Tempest was like Leo was dumb. Let me prove it. <laughs> oh man. So that's the question, right? That that's that's a legit question. So again, I'm not saying that if you don't pick a top tier, you're wrong. But what I'm saying is that. There's, it kind of goes both ways, right? When I, I, so the thing about me, right? I can kind of talk about this in an interesting viewpoint because I have been a low-tier hero my entire life. The reason why I love Kami is because I played Kami in Super Turbo. Why did I play Kami in Super Turbo? Because she sucked and nobody played her. And I wanted to prove that she could win. And in me- all these years... I've learned she can't win. She can't win. Oh, man. But what about the players that do win with her? Dude, I've been to Hey Arcade, man, where Nakamura, the best Kami player in Japan, plays. Trust me, everyone at Hey Arcade knows how to fight Kami. She can't win. She cannot win. (laughs) And, yeah, I bounced off of Kami in Street Fighter V, not necessarily because she was good, because she was boring. And also the other thing too is my a lot of my top tier hero my low tier hero ness comes from wanting to play a unique character as well. Uh that's something that I have the problem of too. Nobody was playing Lucia, so Lucia kind of appealed to me. A lot of people weren't playing Inquisitor in DNF duel, so DNF duel appealed to me. Uh But, I mean, Inquisitor appealed to me, but now I'm learning Dragon Knight, and Dragon Knight's just fine. (laughs) Uh, But that's the thing, right? So, you know, coming from my point of view, I've lived my life playing low-tier characters, so I could have the option select as well, right? There's always that option. Well, I'm using a low-tier character, so of course I'm not going to win. Me! You know, kind of thing like that. And, you know, that's a fun thing to always have in your back. But the thing is, like... Am I really then in any position to complain about what top tier characters can or cannot do? Am I in a position to complain about, like, this character is super broken? Trust me, I do. I whine all the time. <laughs> I whine all the goddamn time. But am I right? Am I justified? Eh. Eh. Depends on where your viewpoint comes from, right? If you are, uh A person who just plays, you know. Yeah, and actually, Dirty Boxers, that's a really good call right there. I just play who I like. That, to me, is the player who most respectfully has the ability to complain. (laughs) Honestly, when they're just picking a character because they think the character is cool, then you can complain. And Solstice was a Ramlethal player in Exxert. I don't know if Solstice is just a Ramlethal fan or something like that, but Solstice played Ramlethal in Exord, suffered through Ramlethal in Exord. I mean, she was top tier when the game first came out. She got weakened a little bit to the point where she really wasn't effective. Got a little buffed, but she was never top tier after that, I think. Uh, So... You know, if you're a person who picks a character because of aesthetic, because of loyalty, I say, you know what? Go ahead and complain. You have a right to complain because, yeah, you want to win. You just want to play the character that you want to play. So if another character is cheap and broken, (coughs) Swiftmaster, then you can absolutely um, complain, I think. I think that's actually kind of fair, right? So, um, (laughs) because Johnny existed. Yeah, And it's so funny, too. I wonder if that was one of the reasons why I kind of didn't play Exeter as much, because Johnny was too strong. I don't know. I, I definitely shy away from characters that are very, very strong. And it's not because it's easy or boring or anything. It's because a lot of people play the character, and I don't have as much fun that way anymore. Like, I don't feel like I get to make anything up. I feel like I don't get to be creative and come up with my own strategies and stuff and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a a a tough thing i like being being able to research characters and stuff i mean on top of being boring i mean when i picked when i put turned on street fighter 5 and took cammy to training mode i would literally stare at the screen and be like and then i would go and change characters like literally there was nothing to do for cammy at all in training mode in Street Fighter, I always practiced the one super impractical combo that had no point ever being used in an actual match, unless you're super desperate because if you wrong you die. But other than that, like I just never, I, ne- I there was nothing to practice with this character. Oh man. Oh no I didn't get to see Brussels challenge DnF top eight I need to go back and watch that I need to go watch that so people actually wanted to see Crusader <laughs> people act like that tells you how good Swift Master is that people want to see the character with a tracking five frame move that leads into a combo that hits the entire verticality of the play field. <laughs> Ah, that's an interesting one, Shay. I stay away from best characters too, but for the reason that they're most likely to get nerfed, and potentially your time spent on them get wasted. That is true. Tokido put a lot of time into that Yurian, and then Yurian was like, "Ha ha! They're like, you like getting, you like chopping people? Let's chop your strengths! Ha ha! No more reversals!" <laughs> Oh, man. To think it wasn't even top tier, man. That's just the grappler life, dude. Grapplers get nerfed because grapplers exist. And it's because of you people out there who are complaining about grapplers. No matter what. Stop complaining about grapp... Anyways, um, grapp... Hashtag justice for grapplers. Hashtag... Hashtag justice for grapplers. <laughs> grapplers are just fine. They are just Fine. <laughs> They are just fine. And, dude, Potemkin got so beta. That's actually a topic I wanted to talk about too. But betas are dangerous because how many characters got beta in recent memory? Potemkin got freaking beta, right? Like, even in the beta, he probably wasn't the t- best character in the game. He was actually probably mid tier at best. But because grapplers are always strong at the start of a game, People were like, "Nah, dog, this character is way too good. And so they nerfed his Hammerfall, they nerfed his Mega Fist, and now he barely can do anything. Uh, is he the worst character in the game? I actually kind of think he is. But uh, Potemkin is definitely, could use a lot of those nerfs erased. Uh, Yashiro got betaed in KOF 15. Isla got betaed in KOF 15. And the most recent... Uh, victim of this is Inquisitor. She got baited in that everybody hated the wheel, and the wheel wasn't, again, in the beta, she probably wasn't even top tier in the beta, but they nerfed her to the point where she has 850 de- She has the lowest health out of all the characters in the game, outside of Swiftmaster, I think. Why? 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 She ain't even good. Just, she ain't even good. <laughs> not even good man (laughs) being baited is a real problem okay let me tell you that but again getting back to the original topic here about top tier shaming you know uh, it's not gonna stop let's be honest people are gonna be mad about top tiers all the time but I really and, and again people are gonna get mad about players who use top tiers complaining about anything anytime right and it's rough. It sucks. It sucks. But I, I, I do kind of want to present, at least get out there, the idea to people, the concept to people that when people are complaining, about a game most of the time especially if they're a top tier player of the game there are going to be situations where top tier players of the game actually literally hate the game that they're playing it happens right and i'm sure there's a few strive players especially old school ones who feel that way because the game is just so like the biggest complaint about strive is that the defensive options are weak and it takes about one wrong guess to die Right, so you get hit one time, one guess, you're dead. A lot of times that happens, especially with top tier characters like Ramathal, like Nagoriyuki. Leo may require two more mixes, but his mix is ridiculous. Right, but you guess wrong once and you're dead. And the defensive options don't match that. Old Guilty Gear games have been famous for having just a huge swath of defensive options, right? Whether it was slashback, you know, instant blocking, lowering frame data so that you have a better chance. Dead angles actually working, like, really, really well. Actual invincible backdashes. But Temkin's backdash in old Guilty Gear games was invincible except for one frame. If you did not hit him on that one frame, you missed. Like, defensive options, better throws, one frame throws with no whiff animation, correct, Peter? With option selects built into them so that you would hit forward and two buttons at the same time so that the opponent jumped, you would come out with another button instead of even coming out with your heavy normal that whiff. So uh, that is a lot of problems with Guilty Gear Strive. And yes, there are going to be top players who play the game who actually legitimately hate the game but still play it. But back to the original point is that a lot of the people who are complaining about this, who are playing the game a lot, are not doing it because they're mad that they're not winning. It's because they just want to play a better game. Right? And, And I've said this before, like... I like Street Fighter V. My, my life of Street Fighter V on social media is the most fascinating life in the world of, of fighting games. Because, like I said, games that I like, I can complain about the best because uh, I am <laughs> familiar with the game and I know what I want the game to play like. And it's because I want the game to be a better game. My life on social media with Street Fighter V has literally been, this sucks about Street Fighter V. Street Fighter V Defenders coming. You're an idiot, James. You're an idiot. You just can't adapt to the new shit. Uh, Evil DPs would be broken in this game. Uh." And then I'll be like, dude, I love Street Fighter V. And then people will be like, you're just a shill. Street Fighter V sucks, James. This is the worst Street Fighter game ever. Uh, You're just doing it because you're a commentator and you want that Capcom sweet esports money. Sports money do i have the ability to to change the camera view to a closer zoom in of me to stare at you do i have the ability to stare at you with judgmental eyes (laughs) because i'm trying to go for that sweet capcom esports money (laughs) oh boy oh boy anyways look Complaining about a game that you play is not necessarily because you're mad about losing. And so it's not like, I want to win more. And so what are you complaining about? You can't complain. You play Ramothal. You play Ra- You play Nagori Yuki. You play Luke. You're not allowed to complain. Of course you're allowed to complain. You want a better game for everybody. And like I said, I mean, what if Solstice's complaint is like, the damage is too high. His character has a ridiculous high level of damage. And if Solstice is like, I want the damage to be lower, that actually benefits everybody fighting Ramathal, right? Maybe he just wants a better game (laughs) and that's fine. And that's fine. Dude, Shay, the camera's way over there, dude. I, The reason why I can't do any fun things with this camera view is because the camera is literally way over there, and I can't actually touch it. Now, some people in the chat have been talking about the debate of don't nerf any characters, only buff characters. If that's the case, go play DNF Duel now. If you're ever at a point where you're like, you know what? And don't nerf any characters. Just buff everybody, Go play DNF Duel right now. Because <laughs> that is the game you're... looking. It's the modern vampire savior is what I always call DNF Duel. Because everybody busted as fuck, dude. <laughs> everybody is busted. But uh, the thing is, no. The answer is no. You do have to nerf things. You do have to nerf things. Because... What a lot of people don't realize, so the greatest example is Andy in KOF 15. I played Andy before the big patch recently uh, because I thought he was really good. They lowered the active frames of his jump CD by one frame. They lowered his active frames by one frame. His active frames went from like seven to six or something like that. And it made him almost to the point where I can't play him anymore. Like, I can't use Andy anymore. (laughs) I think that nerf hurt him so badly in a game where other characters are far more problematic than Andy. And that was one frame difference. The reason why you don't buff everybody only and not nerf is because changes to a character ripple effect so ridiculously that a lot of people don't understand it. Like, when you see what an average player's request for buffs are, like in Street Fighter 4, when people are like, give Cammy a command throw in Season (laughs) 1. Oh, boy. Dude, I had one person who was like, in Season 1 of Street Fighter 4, before Cammy was that good, until Sanford Kelly... Kind of showed everybody in America how good Kami was in Street Fighter 4. Yes, this is true lore. First year of Street Fighter 4 at Evo, Sanford Kelly got top 8 with Kami and showed the Kami forms that she was actually kind of good, but... Before we all realized how good she was, a lot of people were like, dude, this character sucks. And one person's like, just make it so her dive kick is an overhead. Give her a command throw. Let her do this out of the hooligan throw. Make her DP safe on block. And then make her drill recover faster. And then make her standing forward hit four-fifths of the screen across. Then she'll be fair. And you're just reading this. like I literally responded to that post. I was like, you do realize you've just made the most broken character in all of fighting game history. History, right like people don't understand the ripple effect of balance changes for characters so the reason why you nerf and not only buff to balance characters is because if there is a situation where let's say Kuno Ichi destroys Inquisitor I'm making this up I don't know if that's true I don't know if that's true and you're like alright well we need to make sure Inquisitor can fight Kuno Ichi no nurse, let's buff this small thing in Inquisitor to fight Kunoichi. Now you've just completely destroyed all of the rest of her matchups and you've thrown the, completely the thing out of whack. The whole entire game now is out of whack because you changed one thing on buffed one thing on a character without really for one matchup without really thinking about how it affected everyone else right, the reason why you nerf things that are obviously strong, you don't do things, you don't tweak things for one matchup, okay, I'll, look, people have wanted me to do this rant forever, I'll give you this freebie right here, nerfing Cammie's jumping strong in Super Turbo so Dalsum can fight her, when in the original Super Turbo, Dalsum won that matchup, and nerfing it because you think she only uses that jumping strong against Dalsim and Dalsim only was the dumbest thing to do to Cami. <laughs> With God, she uses it in every fucking matchup. Anyways, okay. So you know, if you obviously have something that's super strong, Swiftmaster is obviously super strong in DNF duel. Would it be easier to nerf a couple of small things on Swiftmaster, or would it be easier to buff everybody else to fight Swiftmaster? Now you're buffing like eleven other character, nine other, ca- eleven other characters, and completely throwing each other's matchups out of whack. When clearly Swiftmaster has a few things that are overly strong, that if you nerf, it's easier. <laughs> It's easier. (laughs) So that is why the idea of only buff, never nerf doesn't actually practically work. It's just much better for a game's environment to actually nerf things that are overly strong, so long as it's not a knee-jerk reaction, so long as it's not only for one particular matchup. Uh, DNF Duel is technically uh, six-button, x86 Dave. Uh, Dave, Dave? Yes, Dave. Uh, and you can watch my DNF Duel uh, video that is on YouTube.com slash UltraGenTV uh, to see all that information. But it's four-button game, but there's a guard button, which is necessary, and a super button, which is necessary. So uh, it is a six-button game. Um, <laughs> Tira. When Tira was bottom tier, then she won Evo. Ha, <laughs> ha. Did she win Evo one year? I don't even remember that Bretonian. I don't remember what year that was uh yeah basically Shard lab there was definitely a lot of the stories about that. What was it? The frogs right? They got the frogs to control the outbreak of something, and then because the frogs had no natural predators, like the frogs went absolutely insane in in uh Australia. <laughs> So much to the point that like no was it snakes too? Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely happens, dude. But that's that's kind of the idea right there. But I mean, kinda of going back to the to, to again, top tier shaming. Like I said, if it's not claw in Super Turbo, there's no reason to shame players for playing top tier. Yeah, it's obviously you can get mad at the top tier, and I know that Fighting Game Salt makes it so that you want to be like, you're playing Axel in Guilty Gear, you're playing Potemkin, and this Ramlethal player is like, yo, man, this sucks, man. I hate this about Street Fighter, I mean, about Guilty Gear Strive, and you're like, what the fuck? You play Ramlethal! I'm pl- I'm in Strugglesville with Potemkin here, like, what? Duh, like, yeah. like, yeah, I get it. I totally, totally get it. I've done it myself. I have always been, I've always yelled about it that way. Um, I get it, I get it. But obviously there are situations where it can go a little too far, I think. And, you know, to have it to be a point where someone is actually starting to lose comfort with the community and feeling less motivated to play, that sucks, dude. Now, if that is happening to you, As I said in my advice, embrace it, dude. Just be like, but you play Ramothal. Fuck yeah, I play Ramothal. You should too. Uh, Anyways, I really wish Strive would. (laughs) Like, feel free to embrace it, right? I mean, a lot of people out there do that, right? The best villains we have do that. I mean, look at Mao. Mao, the infamous claw player in Super Turbo. That man is probably one of the most, like, evil humans... (laughs) Uh, he he like cackles when he does dumb things with claw against you, like it's just like embrace it, dude. Embrace it, honestly, honestly. Um, and uh, it, it it is a, it is an uncomfortable situation, and I really do think that people should probably not go so hard into it yeah Luke is a strong character one of the toughest things too I guess from my perspective as well you know one of the other reasons why I can't really condone the top tier shaming as much is I'm gonna do it again I'm gonna do it again and 100% everybody is correct that this has no bearing on really anything but I'm just going to say it, okay? I'm just going to say it. Let me bust out the cane. Let me put my teeth in the water. Let me find my toupee. Y'all don't know what top tier really is, man. Y'all don't know what top tier really, really is, okay? You mofos out there are so goddamn spoiled. Spoiled. When we had a broken character, we lived with that shit forever. I'm complaining about Claw, who is a 25-year-old character. (laughs) And we can't do fuck all about it, dude. (laughs) We can't do anything about it. (laughs) Y'all don't know what top tier actually is, okay? Oh, Sagat's not even a top tier he's not even the best but dude like seriously it this, this is just it's really Luke yes is Luke good yes is he the best character in the game probably dude the fact that i even have to throw the word probably in there is an indication six four is not a bad matchup ladies and gentlemen six four is not a bad matchup like how good some of these characters are compared to the rest of the cast like potemkin i keep joking or maybe being serious completely serious that he that potemkin is the worst character in guilty gear strive that guy still can win (laughs) That guy can still win, and he could probably still get very far in a lot of tournaments, okay? Like, that just didn't happen. I played Chun-Li in Alpha 1. The only game that I really took Chun-Li serious was in Alpha 1. Why? Because she sucked in Alpha 1. Because Chun-Li was the worst character in Alpha 1, and I'm a low-tier hero. I played Chun-Li in that game. Dude, she sucked in Alpha 1 holy crap did she suck it out for one she was awful and you all don't know what the struggle is really like out there man you guys have no idea what it's like but again <clears throat> reverting back to logical james here <clears throat> obviously previous games histories have no bearing on today's environment especially as I have mentioned before, when so much money is on the line. Because so much money on the line, even the slightest disadvantage in any match can obviously feel very, very frustrating, and it makes it so that your desire to switch characters is extremely understandable. So as a result, yes, Uh, we had to suffer with very bad characters and very good characters in the past. But today is a different time, and we have patches, and we can fix that here in the FGC. It is something that we can take care of. And may you enjoy all of your fighting games. Anyways. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Look, uh... Dude, right? I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. All the characters are excellent characters in Street Fighter V. There is not a bad character. We are making sure that we take care of every character in the game. Every character will be buffed. Every character will be taken care of. We are leaving no characters behind. This is not an environment in which we will promote top tiers. This is not an environment in which one character will dominate. We want to create an environment for the entire FGC where anybody can play any character in any game and have an equal amount of chance winning the fighting game. That is is what I promise you, and what you will get if you elect me, supreme ruler of the fighting game community. Vote, James Chen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyways, (laughs) someone said in the chat that it sounds like I'm running for president, so that was my presidential speech right there for supreme chancellor of fighting game community um but yeah but yeah i mean uh don't shame top tier players too much right and again it's it's (laughs) i get it i get it it's it's hard not to be mad but it is something that we all have to be aware of and, and try to go a little bit easier on people a little bit, and especially if it is affecting their enjoyment of the game. Right, especially if it's affecting their enjoyment of the game. And again, like, I don't want anybody to, I mean, nobody's in the chat is thinking about this at all, but you know, I'm sure there are some pro- people probably thinking about it, like, man, grow a thicker skin, solstice, or whatever, like that. No, to, I mean, look, we're not coddling anybody, okay? We're not trying to be like, you know, it's fine, Rambler's not that good. Like, that's not what we're trying to do. But we want to make sure that people are enjoying themselves playing these games. We're playing fucking video games. It ain't that serious. (laughs) Okay, look, obviously there is money on the line. It is pretty serious. But we're still playing video games, man. We're still playing video Who was the basketball? There was the Portland basketball player or something like that. That someone was asking him about, like, stress while playing basketball. He was like, what the fuck stress am I facing? I'm playing basketball. I'm playing a game I love. Let's talk about all the people out there who are, like, having trouble finding their next meal and shit like that, right? Like, I'm not stressed out. And, you know, in a way, yes, fighting games are very important. I'm never going to say it's just a video game, okay? I I said it's just a video game. I take that back. Obviously, I'm very invested in said video games, okay? And I really, really love these video games as well, and I get very passionate about them. But in the end, the goal is that we're all trying to enjoy this game, these games, right? And if somebody, you know, wants to complain about something, like I said, he's probably doing it out of love. He's probably doing it because he loves the game, okay? So, you know, we just have to frame it a little bit differently. Like I said... Just, I know it'll never happen, but top-tier shaming is never justified. We need to end top-tier shaming unless it's Claw in Super Turbo. But other than that, we need to end as much top-tier shaming as possible. So, there you go. <laughs> Bloody Wesker was... Bu- I mean, remember when Wesker was considered top-tier when umvc 3 dropped? And everybody was like, this character's so broken! And then Visant was like, I don't think he's the best. I think he's kind of... Not And everyone's like, Yo, shut up, you Wesker player! And, like, get all mad at him, and then it turned out that Wesker wasn't top tier in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah! yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Acneos. Ac- uh, oh, Damian Lillard. Thank you, Shadows. Thank you, Shadow Chip. Exactly, Damian Lillard. I knew somebody in the chat would know. I know somebody in the chat would know. Uh But, yeah, so... Uh, who can... Okie noose, Again, it ain't shaming, it's talking shit, and if it's funny, it's allowed. Yeah, there's an extent to that as well. Obviously, if you're just having, if you're ribbing someone, like, man, fuck you, you play Ramethal. <laughs> anyway, seriously, what is what What would you like to see change? You know, like, obviously, like, that's totally cool. Like, me and my friends, like, if I'm sitting there, like, if I'm playing against, you know, somebody that I know, I'll just be like, fuck your character. Like dude, I mean, I'm not joking, I'm serious about it when I complain about Blue Mary to Olaf, but <laughs> that's another story. But, I mean, if you're with your friends and you're like, man, fuck your character, your character's busted, if they're a Swift Master player or whatever like that, yeah, whatever, dude, it's cool. But if you're actually, like, seriously being mad at somebody for complaining about a game when they're playing a top tier, I think that's kind of where it's kind of a, a, a frustration. Zoner shaming, no, zoner shaming is not justified. Grappler shaming is not justified. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah stick man i covered that earlier if the character is that good you can play him too you can absolutely play him so uh which part which part uh 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 oh grappler shaming <laughs> i was like shit what did i you can tell who spends all their time on social media because every time someone's like I don't know, James. I get, like, super paranoid. I'm like, fuck, what did I say wrong now? Oh, my God, what's going to happen now? Shit, what did I do? Who do I have to apologize about? And he's like, grappler shaming. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a lot of truth to that. No one wants to change their dope-ass character to Third Strike John." <laughs> There is some uh value, there is some legitimacy to that as well. Again, there's a lot of boring characters out there. Like, I I will never, ever, ever be able to play Cronin in KOF-15, who is clearly like the best character in the game right now. But holy shit is that character boring! Like, I talked about Cami and Street Fighter V being boring. Cronin is, like, on another level, dude. Like, I cannot play that character. Holy crap. Oh, man. He is so boring. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We got Cronin players in the chat. We got Cronin players in the chat. <laughs> oh, man. It's oh, It's funny. Uh, I, I can't play him. He's too boring for me, man. He, he's too boring for me. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Um, But, yeah. Uh, I don't remember what I was just saying now. But, uh, yeah, the slide was not cancelable in the beta. Oh, yeah, he was bad in the beta. Like, in the beta, he just like, couldn't do anything. Uh, so they had to buff him. They buffed him justifiably, but now they need to nerf him again. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, uh, again, uh, just, um, uh, yeah, let's just make sure we all enjoy the game. I feel like this is where all of my speeches on all of my soapboxes go to. Let's just make sure we enjoy the game. Let's just really, let's just make sure we enjoy the game. <laughs> please. Please. <laughs> What makes him boring? Uh, Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, AG42 says it. He's really straightforward. He's very linear. Uh, He's very linear. Like, his game plan is just there. His game plan exists, and it just works better than a lot of other characters, and he also shits out damage. Like, you can't possibly imagine when he has meter. So as a top-tier character, he's just really, really strong. He's just really strong. But uh, again, I'm going in circles now. I don't think I have anything else to add to this topic here. If anybody in the chat has anything that they want to contribute specifically to this topic that they want me to address, please put an at Jchenzor in the chat so I see it. Or do an at UltraChen? No, this one would be at Jchenzor. Do an at Jchenzor in the chat, um, and uh, I'll be more than happy to address more things, but Now I'm gonna talk about something else. I wanna change topics. This is just a fun topic. Probably gonna be really, really short and I just kinda wanna talk about history here because a lot of people don't like, they love the history stuff. And there's a lot of things that I don't realize that we as old school players remember, but uh, a lot of other people don't think about very often. Uh, While I get something uh, set up over here, let me go ahead and run some ads I will be right back. But when we come back, I'm going to be talking about side-by-side tactics. So uh, be right back, guys. Let me run an ad and uh, get my camera set up so you can see my controller. Be right back. Hello everybody, welcome back to Ultra Chen, to the Not Tuesday show over here. My name is James Chen, you can see a lot of the mess behind me over here. I'm sorry, but I wanted to make sure I got my joystick on screen. Those are all cat houses that you see, little cat cubby holes that I built over there on the side. We're not actually playing anything today. Uh, What I want to do is uh, go into some FGC history here. Actually, no, I am here. Clickbait, clickbait. I am here to show you why online players, players who play online are weak and the skill that they lack that us arcade players are always going to be way better at and superior to these online players. Blah. blah. Yes, this is me on the cup. Uh, someone in the chat actually <laughs> put my uh, Kyo cosplay on the cup where I was trying to do the want to play some KOF meme. Uh, If you want to announce who you are in the chat, feel free. (laughs) So it says want to play KOF. But uh, things modern online players never learn. The topic of side-by-side versus head-to-head came up again. (laughs) Thank you, Investigation Cone. Investigation Cone was the one who made this for me, yes. My synchronize. wanna-play-some-KOF, uh, uh, water, water... thing. Um, God, why can't I... water... it's not a bottle? Water bottle? Uh, Maybe? Shoot. What's the name? I don't even... anyways, look. What I want to talk about is the concept of side-by-side versus head-to-head. This topic came up again. Someone, one of the players from Pakistan, was talking about how we really need to move everything to side-by-side and make it so players can't see each other's controllers, so you can't feel the buttons, etc., etc., and everything. And it's like, God, is this conversation coming up again? (laughs) Is it coming up again? And, well, I get it, right? Like, people don't want you to be able to hear their buttons or whatever like that. But the thing about it is my answer to that question is again look as a former programmer UI designer I talked about this in the past in the previous stream If you have a decision to go by whatever it is if you have a decision between two things Let the users pick right and in this case the user is the tournament organizer if the tournament organizer truly believes in side-by-side let him set it up side by side so that the screen so you're far apart, you can't hear each other's buttons. If the tournament organizer really believes what side by side so that they're next to each other playing on one monitor. If the TO really believes in head to head, let them play on two separate screens so that they can't hear each other's buttons. You should learn to play both. You should just get good at both. I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with either one, to be honest with you. And uh, the thing about it is a lot of people are like, I hate the fact that you can actually see other people's button presses and hear them press buttons and all these things like this and blah, blah, blah. And it's such an advantage. And Dude, God, the amount of gameplay that we in Arcade had to learn, because you're not even just sitting next to the guy. You're not even sitting next to that. You are up in your man's grill, okay? Like, you guys are bumping elbows. Like, literally hitting somebody was a tactic. Shaking the machine became a legit tactic for people doing infinite combos and stuff. I even messed up a player doing a custom combo to me that required a very distinct rhythm. They were doing a a, a custom combo that required button, 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 button. Button. So on my side, I just started doing this and he dropped the combo <laughs> and he dropped the combo <laughs> like this is shit you do, dude. This is shit you do. I, my favorite tactic of all time that I have ever done to someone was playing Denjin Ryu in Street Fighter 3. Denjin Ryu in Street Fighter 3. I always activate Denjin with the light button. I always activate Denjin with the light button because then after you, you press it like this and I hold it down, I actually secretly put my thumb on it over here. So I go activation and I hold it down with this one and I do this. And as soon as I do this, everyone starts to try to parry. And everyone's like, what the fuck? And then I let go over here. And they get (laughs) bodied. In case you don't know, it's an unblockable super that you can parry. So you knock them down, you activate, and then I go over here. And then I go, whoop! And they go, parry! Wait, nothing! And then I let go, and then they get hit. Like, these are tactics that we learned in the arcade. And these are, in my opinion, legit tactics. I get it. There's a lot of people are like, it should stay in the game. It should stay in the game. But look, we've been doing this forever. In fact, one of my friends even noticed I had a reverse tell. Every time I did wake up DP, I would do it like this. And every time I tried to fake a DP, I'd do this. And like, I ended up doing a reverse tell. <laughs> to people. I, I ended up making it so that if I did this, they knew I wasn't gonna DP, and if I stayed still, they knew I was gonna DP. But these are things that you did. One of my favorite tricks, which LI Joe talked about, was the Vi cross up tatsu fake with Ryu. It's my favorite, it's one of my absolute favorite tricks. You don't even have to intentionally be trying to look at buttons, you don't even have to be trying to look at sticks. I've accused Ed Ma of watching my buttons one time. And he's like, I'm not watching buttons. And then I sat behind him and my wake-up DP rate improved by a lot. And again, he wasn't watching my buttons. It's just there's this subconscious thing that you actually just pick up from other people. So one of the things that Vi did, so in Street Fighter 4, Ryu's cross-up Tatsu was a thing. You jumped in the air, you did Tatsu, you did spin kick and heavy kick and the hurricane kick would all of a sudden gain a little extra momentum and even though the jump was going to land in the front, the Tatsu would then streak behind them and hit them from the other side. So this was a very common tactic for Ryu players. So when Vae, who is a master at the arcade, played at Wednesday night fights, sitting next to people who had no arcade experience, he would jump at them at that distance and do quarter circle back and heavy punch. You would do quarter circle back and heavy punch. Didn't matter if he was first player, didn't matter if he was second player. You saw it out of the corner of your eye, and you didn't you didn't realize that you saw Vi's motion. You didn't realize that you saw this hand motion. And it, your brain automatically just makes you think it's gonna be a cross-up. But since he does quarter circle back plus heavy punch, that's not a tatsu. That's heavy punch. <laughs> And so Ryu doesn't gain any extra momentum. And you walk face first into his jumping heavy punch. It was glorious. Every, the f- first time I saw him do that, I was like, you motherfucker!" <laughs> like, seriously, like, I saw that and I was like, man, you are an asshole, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, fake fireball. A lot of people would throw fake fireballs with light kick because it with Ryu and Ken... In old games, light kick was just and that was it, and it was done. It was so fast. That was it, it's done. So people would actually do this. The reason they did this is because people got so used to one, seeing your motion of actually doing this and hitting a button. Not only that, but the actual physical motion of Ryu crouching and standing at a certain rhythm would make you want to actually uh, jump. Some people in the old Street Fighter 2 used to react to Guile standing up to throw a sonic boom so they would jump at him. So they would, they would just get so hyper-fixated on seeing Guile stand up that they would just jump as soon as they saw him stand up. Sonic boom, jump. So what a lot of sneaky Guile players started doing was hitting crouch heavy punch which made him punch into the air. So he would stretch up and it looked like he stood up and people would jump and then you'd flash kick him. <laughs> Those are different. Those are different. Those are actually visually in-game stuff. But still, quarter-circle fireball with light kick was definitely a thing. Uh, and a lot of it was about seeing people. So, yes, there are some advantages to playing next to people. You can actually see it. But there's a lot of different ways to mask that. And, in fact, you know, uh, some people are famously for, are famous for turning these two buttons into nothing. They turn the two side buttons literally into no- nothing. They turn them off. So they can do stuff like... And get people to react to things, right? Uh, John Choi, I just tweeted this, is most famous. He didn't hit fake buttons because we're in the arcade. We didn't have these buttons. We only had these six buttons available to us. He had no fake buttons to hit. So the way that John Choi played was he just never stopped hitting buttons in situations that didn't need buttons to be hit. Like every time he did DP in with C in CVS two with Sagat the five hit don uppercut he would just go like every single time and if he hit you with like fireball combos he'd be like like he was just hitting buttons all the time to the point where you couldn't tell what the button press meant anymore he just did that all the time and yes whenever people see me play online. They're always like, James, are you mad? I'm like, what? No. I mean, look, I get mad a lot, sure, but I'm not mad right now. Why? And they're like, you're hitting your button so hard. I'm like, I am? And yeah, that's, this is what we did. Like, that's literally what we did. This is how I DP'd with Cammy and Super Turbo. The cabinets are sturdy, okay? The cabinets are really sturdy. And so when you did a DP, that shit didn't move anywhere. So I would, that's how I did DPs. And plus, you were never sure if the buttons actually worked. When Street Fighter 4 first came out, and I went to a friend's house and he was like, teach me how to use a joystick. Teach me Street Fighter. I was like, okay. And I took his joystick and I started playing. Like, this is how you do the combos. And he was like, oh my God, you're gonna break my joystick. And I was like, uh, (laughs) you know? Yeah, dude. Shadow to see. That's the thing. If you come from Shadowtown Fair, you didn't know the dude I played at uh, Magic Mountain, and my jab, my forward, and my fierce didn't work. And I was playing uh, Marvel vs. Capcom One. I only could play with light kick, medium kick, and heavy kick. Because sometimes the buttons just don't work. Sometimes they work, but you have to hit them this hard just to make sure they trigger. So trust me, like we were just like, when we did fierce, fierce DP, oh, you bet we were hitting those controllers. I mean, is there a question why that this has happened to my button at this point in time? Is there a question? <laughs> oh, arcade machines are hella abused, dude. They're hella abused, absolutely. But it was a chicken or the egg thing. It's hard to tell which one started at first. I blame the people who put the sodos on the cabinets all the time. Those are probably the people at fault because then they make the buttons sticky, which forces us to hit the buttons hard, which forces us to accidentally jiggle the 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 uh, cherry switch. Uh, tables loose. It's all because of the people who put the drinks on the thing. (laughs) But, again, going back to the side-by-side thing, I love this shit, and I just want to make sure that people understand. I think that's absolutely a legitimate way to play the game. Not even just inside and faking buttons and all this stuff like that. Like, I point this out every single time Ricky Ortiz plays on stream. She's probably sick of hearing about it. Every time I commentate when she's on the screen, between matches, Ricky always looks at her opponent. Like, you see her do this every single time. And why is that? Because you get so much information from people who don't know. (laughs) Because most people who play in the arcade learn to be poker-faced. Like, we learn to be poker face. Learning to play poker online is going to be a very different experience than learning to play poker in person. Does that make the fact that people can read your expressions make offline poker less legitimate? Fuck no! Like, that's part of the game. And so if I look over at my opponent, my opponent's going, (sighs) I'm going in for the kill. I am going in for the kill. I'm going to do whatever I did to win and beat the shit out of them. If I look over at my opponent and they're doing this, I'm changing the tactic. Whatever I was doing the previous game, I'm changing. If I was defensive, I'm going offensive. If I was offensive, I'm going defensive. Because they're thinking about how to counter what I just did. You can get so much information by doing this. And Ricky is still one of the best players at doing that. She does that all the time. She'll play, and in between matches, she'll look over at the opponent and look back at the screen. And this information is very useful. Now, again, you might not get some information out of some players who are good at just remaining still or not showing any emotion. But this is all part of the game. This is all 100% part of the game. I know a lot of people have talked about like execution and, you know, playing side by side. It should all be about the decisions in the game. It's in the game, in the game, in the game, in the game. Nothing external, no external factors, no external factors, no external factors. The only say, thing that I say to that is give me an example when external factors are not something that affects you in a competition. Go. Go. Impossible. Impossible. It will never be about what's just inside the game. It'll never be what you ate that morning, how you slept last night is going to affect how you play. And in fact, you know what? You think that playing top eight on the stage isn't going to, playing on stream isn't going to affect. How you play on uh, in a tournament, whether you play at the station or whether you play at the stream, of course it makes a difference. If they have friends cheering behind them, does that make you want to be like, I want to shut those guys up, and you play more like an asshole? Or if someone bumps into your fucking chair while you're playing the game or something, someone makes some stupid loud noise off to the side? Dude, everything comes into play. You're never going to get this pure mythical, it's just in the game thing that you want. And I fucking love that shit, okay? I talk about human interaction and human error and all that stuff. If every combo was easy to do, if there was no execution, why would it be any fun? I mean, Steph Curry's already kind of ruining basketball. Every time he's open, he makes the shot. What if that was it? Like, every time I landed a hit, my combo, ha- my optimum damage combo happened automatically by hitting a button, right? That's like if everybody in the basketball world was Steph Curry, and if they're open shot, it was guaranteed to go in. The game is more fun when you're not sure if the person can actually pull it off in the actual pressure, in my opinion. In my opinion. I love that shit. When I see someone pull off a fucking, like, Dan's Infinite, when RB got Dan's Infinite going in the uh, CPT event, I get hyped because it's not easy to do. But the fact that you can pull it off in that environment, fucking amazing. If the Daigo Perry happened with no audience, yes, it's just as cool, but the fucking room was shaking. The room was shaking. People were stomping the floor and jumping up and down. And it was thunderous in there. And it did not shake Daigo at all. And when you talk to Daigo about that moment, he doesn't remember any of that noise. He literally doesn't remember any of that noise. Riksta talked about this too. When he pulled off that crazy raging demon on knee at Combo Breaker... He didn't hear a goddamn thing until he turned around and then he looked at the crowd that was in pandemonium and that was when he actually started hearing the crowd and it actually got to him. He said he was like, oh shit, fuck, what the hell happened? You know, blah, 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 blah. And this is the shit that just happens when you play in any competition. You can't remove this stuff. You're never going to be able to remove extraneous factors. If you really want to turn the game as much into it's just about the game and only about the decisions made, go play online chess. Like, seriously. Or go play mail chess with your friend, email chess, and have no time limit. Just let the person make the move whenever they goddamn feel like it. Like, this game exists. These games exist, but we're playing a video game here, which requires actual human interaction with an interface against another human. You're never going to get that situation, right? So if you want to prevent someone from looking at your buttons, do what the koreans did for mad kof versus bala find a chair put a t-shirt over it and block it Dominion built a controller that just automatically had a shield that blocked people in world's finest comics jeff schaefer one of the oldest school players built a box to put over his hands so he could fight mike watson Speaking of Mike Watson, Mike Watson would eat a giant burrito before big matches, and then, during the match, he would let out the nastiest fart possible. Like, this is shit that we did (laughs) back in the day, man. Like, okay, maybe that will be ruled illegal, but still, this is the shit that people did. Like, this is the way that it worked, and... Like I said, that might be going a little bit too far, but the whole idea is that you're never going to be able to remove these extraneous factors. You're never going to remove the pressure of knowing that a giant stream is watching you or or commentators are commentating on your matches or whatever. Learn to play within the environment. Now, that's tough because how are you going to learn how to play next to somebody if you have no experience with it? Well you go and hit up people who do have the experience and they'll teach you and you'll have to learn a couple of things like that. Learn a few button fakes. Like, I can't tell you how natural that feels to me. I cannot tell you how natural this feels to me. Like, that motion right there is embedded in my soul. Like, seriously, the, the uppercut fake, the wake-up fake is embedded in my soul like I have probably done this more times <laughs> than most people will can possibly even imagine and that's just the thing, right? There are techniques that you can use. You can use the button fakes. You can use the the, the the visual fakes like this. There's a lot of little tactics like this. You can hit extra buttons. You can. There's just so many ways that you can take advantage of people accidentally watching your hands. When I played Marvel vs. Capcom 3, did I look at somebody's hands to see which way they were going to TAC? Of course I fucking did. <laughs> If you don't want me looking at your hands to see which way you're T.A. Sings so I can counter it, get good. <laughs> Fucking get good. Thank you, Petonian, for the subscription. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's the real reason for the mask mandate is for farts. Oh, man. <sighs> Were they at, Is that true, Lurker Spine? Did players actually just not shower to gain an advantage? Was that actually a tactic? Like a legit tactic? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not a boomer thing and it, it does add. And like I said, I like that part. I like the, the, the human interaction. I like the ability for the, the human factor to come into play. It's why whenever I do commentary, I talk about player stress. It's why I always talk about, like, all you need to do is, like, you're down 0-2. You just win that one game, and now your opponent's thinking, shit, I have less room. But you know what? He's probably been in this situation many times. He's not going to be affected by it. Like, these are things I talk about on commentary a lot because human factor is my favorite thing. Like, there was one time on one of the show, you can scrimmages that one player pulled off this crazy Ed combo. And I was just watching, and I'm like, that guy is popping off so badly in his own house right now, even though nobody is listening. He's popping off right now. And the guy came in the chat, and he was like, 100% I was popping off. (laughs) He was like 100% I was popping off. And that's the shit I love about fighting games. Man, I that like I am an emotional guy. I love that fucking emotional part when you know, you see a Super Noon cry getting the to top 8. When you see CD Jr just just cannot hold back the tears after winning Evo, Killer Instinct. You know, when you see a player salty after their loss, or if you see a player, like, just absolutely elated when they win, etc., etc. This is the part that I think is the most important part about fighting game community. Because in the end, I don't give, like, this is going to sound weird, Coming from me, a fighting game commentator, person who wants to promote fighting games as much as possible, I don't give a fuck what game they're playing. I care about the players. I didn't like Dragon Ball Fighters. okay? The game was not for me. I did not enjoy that game. Did I run to the stream every single time Goichi and Sonic Fox played each other in Dragon Ball Fighters? Oh, you bet your ass I did. You know, I ran to that stream whenever they played each other. It's always about the player. It's always about the players. It's about the humans. And so that's why I like that human interaction. I like that ability. Dude, the fact that Goichi gave Sonic Fox that stare when Sonic Fox wanted to switch sides, or that in return, Sonic Fox hugged Goichi after he broke down and won at Evo like that's what side-by-side gives us. That kind of drama, that kind of human interaction, that story, those kind of storylines. Yes, you can be like Nemo and walk across the stage and go shake my hand. (laughs) You can definitely do that too. But again, for me, it's about the human side of things. And that's why I will always love side-by-side. But Again, I grew up in the arcades. I'm used to it. And that's not even a good enough excuse. Because people in Japan did not grow up that way in the arcades. Japan is largely a head-to-head environment. They mostly played games, and it was the row of games, and the person you played against was on the other side. Even if you watch something like High Score Girl, they always did that. It was always you're playing on the other side, and you do that thing where you peek in between the cabinets to try to see how mad... The other person was. It's an American thing. It's largely an American arcade thing that we played side by side. So that's why the Japanese are also not particularly strong at the side by side play. So I can't even argue that it's like, oh, it's tradition. It's old school, side by side all day, bro. Yo, yo, like I can't even do that. Because we are just such a small sample size. But I think that there's enough merit to side by side to promote keeping it around. And I think there's enough merit that we shouldn't abolish it. I just think that everything, we didn't even sit. Yes, that's correct. We stood up next to you. So you also had to have that leg stamina. And dude, do you remember Stickman? The people with the fucking stances, like the, the, the what do you call The man spreading, right? That they had to stand like a like a fucking, like a teepee or some shit like that, dude. Like there's some players who had to like stand like, Like, what are you even doing, dude? Like, seriously. (laughs) But it was also because they were probably tall, right? They were really, really tall. And the thing was, like, way back... Yeah, crotch into the cabinet. Dude, there were some wild stances out there uh, playing these fighting games out there. And, you know, again, I I love that human aspect of things. And so, um, I think side-by-side, head-to-head, either one of them works. But, again... If you are worried about people looking at your buttons, learn to button fake a little bit more. Learn to, uh, you know, mask what it is that you're doing. Or if you're really worried that they're staring at your buttons, there's another classic move that you can do, which is just move your chair back. Uh, The year that Sanford got top eight at Evo, a lot of the Japanese players were mad. They accused Sanford of button watching. Was Sanford button watching? Probably. Was he doing it intentionally? Most likely not. Sanford is a very emotional driven player. He is heart player to the max. He is noticing people pressing buttons because it's just what he grew up in. It's what he got used to and it happens subconsciously. So the Japanese players started sitting further back when they played him at Evo. They just moved back so that they were behind him. It's absolutely a legitimate tactic. If the opponent wants to fight with you and move slide back, back and back and back until when you fall off the stage, okay, then we'll worry about it. But that, like that's like a le- legitimate thing that happened at, at EVO the first year of Street Fighter Four. Like these are things that happen and there's ways that you can combat it. So if you're worried about people looking at your buttons, just, I mean, Tekken, you've got four free buttons, man. You, you can do all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, although in Tekken, I usually assign them to shortcuts, because then all of King's Throws become... <laughs> you could cheat so bad with King's Throws. <coughs> like, when you try to do the rolling death cradle, it's like you do the first one, you're like... Uh. <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> you could cheat so bad. Oh, man. Dude, it'd be awesome if we could. See, but that's the thing, right? If we actually did, like duck comment in the chat says, let there be a slide back war at Evo this year. Like, if that shit happens, that would be fucking hilarious. And you don't think that that would become a highlight? Well, Shige standing up. That's not a highlight? That one guy taunting Punko to take off his shirt, and Punko finally taking off his shirt? Like this shit is like, that's th- those are the moments that I live for, man. And yeah, actually, Converse, I wanted to mention that. You're right. That was the topic I wanted to mention. At some point in time, people started determining that Snake Eyes' Zangief was so much stronger than everybody else's because he played on pad. Same with Vangief. It was Vangief first from Northern California, then it was Snake Eyes uh, in Southern California was that playing on a pad gave them advantage because most people who try to SPD do this. And if you see that, as soon as you see like like that gave you like 10, like fifteen frames to try to jump away. Whereas on a pad, the guy was playing like this and you just got SPD'd and you're like, what what? And that's why the uh, that's also why the Hajiki screw was such a powerful tool In Japan arcades, if you guys don't know what the Hajiki Screw is, that was a technique that was uh, talked about in High Score Girl. They actually had Ono use that tactic tactic as a Zangief player. It was based on a real technique created by TMF. TMF? TMF. TRF is the arcade, TMF, who was at the uh, Fightcade offline event that I got to meet. I think he was the one that invented it. And he's the one who did all the Zangief playing in High Score Girl. Like, they got him and TZW to actually play Zangief and Guile uh, for that show. And the uh, the Hajiki screw was just a way using the using the springs in your joystick to give you an SPD. You just walk forward and you flick the joystick in a certain way. I can't do it. But you flick the joystick in a certain way and then you hit the button... And it gave you the fastest SPD possible. Yeah, if you look for the tutorials, you'll definitely see those. Uh, you'll, you'll, You'll be able to see it. But yeah, you just do this and you flick the joystick in such a way that the recoil of it spins the controller around in a 360 faster than you can actually manually do. And you can't detect it walk-up spd's become almost like three frames and it's just like it's so fast that people couldn't actually do anything yeah yeah no vance did that van geef did that he used the analog stick and the pad to help get out a 720 it didn't prevent him from jumping but the analog stick was just an easy way to keep buffering the start of stuff and then when you needed the 720 you could finish it a lot faster There's a lot of crazy things out there that people do, dude. The Hajiki screw is fascinating, but it is one of the advantages that pad Zangief players had is because they would SPD you and you weren't even ready for it. Like, they would just be sitting here and you'd be like, SPD, 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 SPD. But, like, you barely, like, like, if they could do it without moving as much as even I am right now... Like, you just got SPD'd a lot of the times, and you just were, you didn't even know anything happened. But if you play against someone with a joystick, like, you just see them start jerking like this just to try to get the SPD out. And yeah, at one point in time, people were talking about that. It started getting to a conversation point where pad players were considered stronger than joystick players because of a lot of these things, because of the ability for them to mask what it is that they're doing. And so if you're worried about someone playing but um, watching your buttons, hell, maybe just play on a pad. You'll never have that problem at all because you're playing entirely condensed within yourself, right? So people can't see your joystick or whatever like that. There's a lot of ways around it. So, you know, I guess the main thing that I'm trying to say is don't just knock it because you feel like people have an unfair advantage against you. You can turn it into your advantage. Elliver said that... Uh, he was fighting against Mike Ross. Mike Ross walked up to him and he would like look like he's double pumping for a wake-up ultra and then he would wake up with a sweep. And uh, <laughs> Mike would walk backwards to block the wake-up ultra and he'd get swept. Dude, I, have, I had a trick in Street Fighter 4 when Cammy's drill was a low. So in Street Fighter 4, if you were stand blocking, Cammy's drill would hit you as a low. Most people... Would block the drill randomly from a screen away. So, what I actually did was, I would be like, I would whiff standing light punch, and then I would hit heavy kick. And I would hold heavy kick. So, my standing light punch would eat my heavy kick. And while we're walking around in neutral, I walk around in neutral, and I would do the drill with negative edge. Like I would walk around, walk around, see they're walking around and I would just be like quarter circle forward, let go. And I would drill out of nowhere and I guarantee you my success rate of negative edge drills was like 80%. Whereas if I did raw drill by doing this, I would probably never hit the opponent because the opponent would hear a button. Like there are just a lot of little tricky ways to take out people who are doing the button listening. And that's the thing. That's kind of one of the things. uh, The main thing I want to talk about is that there are ways to take advantage of people who subconsciously button listen, especially the subconscious listeners. They're the ones that you can mess up the most because they don't even know they're doing it. And so you can really, really mess them up. And so if you're worried people are looking at your buttons, just start learning some tactics. Yeah, are you going to have to learn weird extra motions to to, <laughs> to, to, to to put in your physical repertoire, muscle memory? Yeah, yeah. But again, to me, I don't think that that's outside the game. Like, is it metagame? Kind of. Is it outside the game? Kind of. But to me, it's part of the game. It's really, really part of the game. Oh, I have a Snackbot controller. I need to make a video of that too because I wanted to show that thing off. It's it's a really nice controller too, um, but yeah. And in fact, like Stickman in the chat says, I agree with them. I think it's a great part of the game. It's one of my favorite parts of fighting games. Is this weird human interaction? Uh, ...kind of thing, so... How is a smaller stick under a large moss stick... ...so you can hide your hands like a lecture dad? That's actually fucking hilarious, dude. That's actually pretty funny, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Learning to do fake outs are too much for me. I'm going to stick with the Michael tip. <laughs> it works. It works. Not recommended. You'll probably You'll probably create a rule that makes it so that people can't do that any longer. I don't know why I'm putting this away. But again, uh, that's about it that I have on that topic there. So um, if you guys have any other questions, if you guys have any other things that you want to talk about, otherwise I'm probably just going to go ahead and call the stream at this point in time. Uh, But again, if you guys are enjoying these kind of streams, these kind of conversations, I was doing those Chen reactions on YouTube, which are the 10-minute videos, and trust me, those things are the hardest things for me in the world to do because I can't keep any topic at 10 minutes man I can't keep any topics at under fucking 10 minutes so having this kind of form for me to be able to talk about two topics for an hour each like this is a lot more fun I get to interact with the chat more I get to address comments and react to things again being able to talk to people, the human interaction, is one of my favorite parts. So, uh, if this is something that you guys keep enjo- do enjoy, let me know. I'll keep doing this format. Just finding every time on the, tu- the not Tuesday show here, I'll find uh, a topic to talk about and just kind of ramble on for an hour like that. And absolutely suggest topics for future sessions uh, in the Discord. In the Discord, there is the uh, show chat. Go into the show chat. Chat tag me. I, I can't guarantee that I'll see it because I'm bad at Discord, but I'll try to make sure that I'll take a look at it. So yeah, Topic Tuesdays or Training Mode Montage Tuesdays is what I might call it. So, uh, But there you go. I will definitely... Oh yeah, the, the, I, I didn't see the actual debate between Rob TV item, Art and Defeatly. Uh, I've definitely caught a lot of the highlights there. Um, I kind of want to see it because I get both positions. I get both positions, so... Uh, but any case uh, maybe that's something I'll talk about next time but I kind of want to do something Evo related for next week so if you guys have an idea I probably won't be able to do a good job getting everybody like like we've done in the past having different people talk about the different games but I might just try to talk about all the different games and what to expect from the games as viewers like how to watch these games what should you be looking for kind of thing and I think that's kind of uh, uh, an important thing to discuss as well because a lot of times we don't enjoy watching fighting games because we don't know what's going on so maybe i'll try to go over the 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 the, the, the stuff uh, not not this coming weekend but next weekend duck helmet so not this weekend but the weekend after that is evo so it's right around the corner man it's right around the corner all the craziness is going to be going uh, I mean, yeah, online uh, an, um, analysis of online matches would be pretty cool as well, uh, honestly. Um, but in any case, uh, I think that's it for me here on the Not Tuesday show. Uh, I'll keep—I mean, topics Tuesday, topic Tuesdays, whatever. I'll figure out something to call this. But uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys had fun on the stream. Uh, if there's a, you just got melty blood, oh god. That might be one I can't help with. (laughs) Uh, DJ Blues, uh, it doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) It doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Pick one or the other. They both work. (laughs) But in any case, thank you guys for watching. And I will see you guys next time here on twitch.tv slash Chen TV. Please make sure you check out youtube.com slash Chen TV. I'm I've actually been putting uh, a, a, trying to put more content on there, including analyzing, commentating some KOF matches, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So uh, I will Wow, how do you know? How do you know? How do you know? Do you just recognize the fact that I'm trying to say goodbye? You are gone this whole time! And then I said, I'm about to end my stream. Here comes Nathan. You are a smart little boy. You know that? You are a smart little fuzzball. You are a smart, smart fuzzball. I think they do read clocks. Thank you, DJ Blues. Appreciate it. So I get to close out the stream with some cat cuddling. I probably sounded really weird to the people watching this on Spotify. Anyways, talk to you guys later. Have a good night, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace out.